Right on, writers, and welcome to the Books by Adrian author platform. This is our podcast, the Books by Adrian podcast, and with me today, I should have cleared with you how to pronounce your last name, Martin Lejeune. Yeah. <laughs> how is it really? Tell me how, how it's really pronounced. Uh, I say Lejeune, but whatever works. Lejeune, so it's more of an uh, but like a low, like Lejeune. Okay. Yeah. The E throws me off because the E makes me feel like it should be more of a of a, of a full vowel, like ooh, kind of sound. Oh, it's French. It makes no sense logically whatsoever, but uh, there we go. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> All right. My brother, welcome. Tell the people at home who you are, where you're from, and what you're working on these days. My name is Martin. I am a sci-fi author from uh, the south of England in a city called Bristol. About almost 12 months to the day, a writer friend of mine, uh, Malcolm Bradley, popped up and said, uh, hey, you've written a couple of books you're not doing anything with. I've written a couple of books I've not done anything with. Do you want to team up and write a series of novels? And I said, no. <laughs> I said, no, man, I've just written a novel on my own. I can do this. I can go it alone. And uh, then I thought about it for five minutes and I realized that it's been terribly lonely and it would be nice to have a friend. So we started hitting ideas around. We're now writing a uh, space opera series uh, called The McMurdo Rift. And, and is... that's, that's the project that we're talking about today, correct? Oh, yes. It's okay. uh, basically Casablanca meets the Expanse. Okay. McMurder Rift. McMurdo. It's, uh, based, it's named for an explorer uh, from uh, the 19th century called Archibald McMurdo. Um, you can't go wrong with uh, mentioning uh, Victorian sailors in your marketing. Sci-fi fans love it. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Um, <laughs> but if you know uh, McMurdo Station in Antarctica, it's, that's what it's named for. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay. I, right. I, I just took it from uh, Mountains of Madness, uh, not going to lie. Hey, first time writers, we steal from everybody. Yeah. That is encouraged in our profession. Um, so we're doing something a little different today with our podcast episode. Um, you know, this is the live stream Sunday off season. Uh, typically, this podcast is a companion piece to that show. Whoever's on that show sticks around after the live show and uh, does this recording with me. And, and we usually talk about the show and, and continue the conversation that was happening there. You are the first guest that I have had in the off season. Uh, thanks to holiday shenanigans and other issues. Uh, thanks for working with me with scheduling, by the way. Um, we have uh, we've missed a couple of weeks of, of of this podcast, so you're the first one on the off season, and so I'm experimenting a little bit with you, and I apologize for that. <laughs> but, but that's you're not the, the first. Idea. I'm sure you won't be the last. <laughs> and you know, it's not always all bad, right? Sometimes it works out just fine. I need to shut off that side light. I forgot about it. I'm getting shadows. I don't like shadows in my video. No. All right. So what we did was uh, I read the prologue to your project and you read the prologue to my project. And we're going to do a little bit of critique stuff here. We're going to uh, go through the, uh, the documents and, uh, and, and give our, share our thoughts. Um, I am going to include in the show notes down below a copy of each of these works 
um, in their present state. And uh, folks can give their thoughts as well in the comment section. I encourage that. Uh, you guys can read these two prologues, enjoy them for what they are, and, uh, and enjoy this episode as we both critique each other's work. Um, it might be a complete disaster, but we're gonna give this. We're gonna give this a shot, you know. Like, you, you know what? I think group critiques button. done live might just be a format that could catch on, that could go the distance. Well, hey, man, you know Barrett Laurie and his crew over there are all doing that critique group live stuff, and and they're and see. They're I was being it. subtle about it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm being more direct. <laughs> That's I'm the like... difference between British and American humor. <laughs> you know, hey, yeah, this could catch on. I'm That's just trying to give another thing you're referencing. <laughs> I get the reference. <laughs> I'm just making sure that we give credit where credit is due because I don't want because even though writers are encouraged to steal from other writers, YouTubers are not always encouraged to steal from other YouTubers. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> I nicked Flash Aha from Kent Sean and I've got That's away true. with it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we uh we definitely um you know we're we're all paying homage to each other. This is an homage to critique group live is what this is um and it's by no means something that i intend to make a, a habit of on this show this is kind of a unique situation because we each exchanged happened to exchange uh stories and we we're like yeah hey, what the hell let's do it so what do we want to do do you want to go first with mine or should i go first with yours i'm oh, gonna let you decide you, you being the guest with mine uh, me first okay yeah all right so if I'm going this first, this is a have... top tip for all you uh, wannabe critique partners. You always let the other person speak because then you're coming at it from a position of power. It was a power move. Uh, well, being the guest, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> being that you're the guest. All right. So I have a couple questions before I dive in. First of all, the um, the name Bradley Lejeune is used on here. Lejeune, excuse me. Bradley Lejeune is on here, and it is explained to be the pen name of the team-up between yourself and Mr. Malcolm uh, Bradley, right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you both wrote we, this. The, like, originally it was just going to be, um, you know, the McMurdo Rift book one in the McMurdo Rift saga written by best friend authors Martin and Malcolm. And then I thought marketing yeah keep it simple um and it also has the added bonus of uh you know if we screw this up entirely um which going by your critique you know we might well off um <laughs> <laughs> then we haven't burnt our actual uh names um so yeah i take the first pass i send it over to him he does the second pass and then i kind of go over it and um we sort of fidget it a bit more and send it out to um beta readers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what draft is this uh, of your of your prologue um free there's a third draft okay yeah all right i believe you say that like it doesn't look it i did not say that like that <laughs> how dare you put thoughts in my head and words in my mouth i i I take offense. No. Um, okay. So here's here's what I'm here's what I'm looking at from it. Number one, this is like this is classic sci-fi stuff. I was seeing Independence Day the entire time mm -hmm. I was reading this thing. Um, I was feeling it. You know what I mean? The giant spaceship, the the all of it. It was very Independence Day. Um, 
a couple of things that 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 jump out as far as my red pen is concerned you have a favorite word and your favorite word is vast and and I would I would recommend that you hit the find on your on, <laughs> on your uh, document and put in vast and replace each one with something else not all of them obviously you're allowed to use the word but it's very very prevalent number two the large alien ship is referred to so many times that you need a name for it in this prologue i feel mm-hmm. even though the the humans do not know the name the official name of this craft they would make one up because that's what we do we mm-hmm. give it a code name we assign some word to it based on how it looks something that you can just use in the place of always describing it as the very large alien ship it was getting to the point where it was like yes it's it's large i get that it's large tell me something else about it so give it a name and 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 give details about it because i was getting a little bit of of white room stuff going on where i I couldn't picture it you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like i didn't see it yet i need a little more from you so that i can so that i can see it um that being said I really, really dig this thing. Franklin is awesome. Um, the the whole thing with it's it's his ship that goes into his uh, his uh, jet that goes into the ship, right? After yeah. he gets bumped from behind. Um, but then you have a point of view change towards the uh, the end there, right? You switch mm-hmm. over to to this other dude. Um, I don't know if you need to do that. I don't know if okay. if I don't know if maybe it's it's distracting to me like switching the point of view it 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 make it takes the reader out of it for a second and this being a prologue and having been as exciting as it was and ending with franklin in such a strange and unusual and unfamiliar place mm-hmm. that that's kind of like the spot to end it i feel like i feel like this extra piece at the end might be overkill or or just too much of a shift for your reader you should you should throw them into the book at that point. The prologue has done its its thing and, and you should go into it. But I'm loving this thing and I can't wait to see what chapter one is like, man. I mm-hmm. do have some like red marks on here. Most of it is what I've talked about. Um, and and I, I printed it out and I did it on paper. So I, I still have to like update <laughs> it in the computer and send it to you so that you can actually see what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But those are my biggest notes, I feel like. Other than that, dude, the voice is cool. The pacing is cool. Um, I, I, like I said, I was seeing Independence Day the whole time, which is an and uh, a compliment. Like I, I mean that as praise. I love that movie. I love the the aesthetic of it and the sort of thriller aspect that they took to sci-fi. And I, I feel that here, man. I feel like the thriller sci-fi. It's stuff. definitely something we lean into more because it's the prologue. And I very much want it to be a scene you've seen before. You know, mm. I'm really laying the foundations of the genre saying, you know, here's where we're starting. It's familiar. Mm. Uh, so I can take it where yeah. it's going to go. I like um, that. I like that. Yeah, and like uh, the other POV we have is uh, a guy called Arnold Philby, who mm-hmm. is a significant character in the series. Gotcha. Um, and his um, 
so our protagonist is um, Mark Franklin, who mm. is a um, basically it is the eleventh hour humanity's having a bit of a scrabble between Earth and its uh, colonies, and then some aliens who have always kept to themselves have uh, suddenly got involved on the uh, colonies side. Um, I'm not saying it's the fall of the British Empire. I'm not saying it's the American Revolutionary War. Um, but, uh, you know, suddenly things have gotten out of hand and Earth is on its knees. And he's a guy who has lived out amongst the colonies. He's never been particularly patriotic um, or nationalistic, but he really doesn't want to see his world fall either and sure. has felt compelled to give... Uh, you know, to put everything else on hold to hopefully it's one make of those, a difference. It's one of those unifying events, right, that, like, brings everybody together where, like, mm -hmm. you know, even the dude that doesn't care really about being patriotic towards his country or whatever, he's like, yo, man, I don't want to die either. Let's let's go do this thing. So, yeah. And um, Arnold Philby is his direct commanding officer, and we see their relationship at the beginning when they are at their closest um mm. and i don't normally do this um i i find it a bit annoying when people name their characters with like a bit of a wink at the audience um and what i often do is um like if i need a character name i can be frozen dead like i can't keep going because i've got nothing to call this guy so mm. now i'll just you know come up with a temporary name so i can keep going and initially, in the initial conversations, uh, he was going to be a traitor and go over to the enemy. So I took, I named him for Benedict Arnold and Kim Philby, who was a British um, intelligence agent who defected to the Soviets. Okay. Um, so I gave him the most on-the-nose name uh, conceivable. And as Trader McTraderson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As um, the draft went on, um, his character completely uh, went in a different direction. Mm. And um, I was able to keep the name, which I do quite like. Nice. Nice. Yeah, names names are so important, man. And and they do tend to stop me in my tracks, too. If, if I if I am in a scene where a, a new character is stepping up and becoming important, like, oh, well, I got to name this character before I, I go on you know mm -hmm. um I'm, i've gotten quicker about it though i've gotten quicker about it you know I, 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 it doesn't a, stop me for very long there's a website uh which you just just put character name generator into google and oh, okay. you it will ask you a couple of things like what are their nationality what's their parents nationality what year were they born Interesting. um and then it has like other things like oh what kind of character are they are they uh, you know a uh, uh, idealistic leader or such and such yeah. uh, which I don't normally bother with because um, you know they don't normally name people you know brilliant McLeaderson uh, you know when they're yeah. born um, <laughs> they tend to be called um, you know Fred Smith and get thrown into greatness um, but well, I, I name my characters the way I named my children which is to, to decide on, on the meaning that I'm going for, base that off of their personality as far as I know, 
and and name them a name that means that that you know that that theme i i my both of my kids their names if you take the meaning of their first middle and last name and put them together it, it creates a sentence it's, it speaks a phrase like uh, so i do that for my characters too the, the main characters anyway. are they like oh dad you're so embarrassing <laughs> no, they're, they're, they don't even know it yet <laughs> he's six and uh, six and two they'll figure it out eventually they don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's um, the other thing is you don't tell them you don't tell them that that's what it means or whatever um, they just they just embody it naturally and become that you know so um can i swear yeah yeah this is an adult channel Fuck um it. i made a point really early on i think it's possibly the first thing that franklin says is fuck and uh yeah. what i actually put on the very first draft was uh fuck open brackets Yes, Malcolm, it's a type of spaceship book where people say fuck. <laughs> you gotta let a man know. Yeah, um, uh, Neil Gaiman, um, you know, one of my favorite books is, is American Gods. And, and he yeah, man. very famously in, a, in an interview explains that in that uh, first chapter, he made sure to throw the word fuck in often and very early to to get anybody who is not okay with adult books out from the jump. And then, like after the first chapter, though, he immediately puts in a little short story interlude where uh, the goddess of love and beauty uh, consumes a man through her vagina. And again, he's just like, "I'm just making sure that everyone knows what kind of book this is gonna be." First chapter, end of the first chapter. If you still are on board, great. If not, bye. It's not gonna get better for you. Leave now. <laughs> a couple of uh, months ago, I started. Um being more in the authortube community and a couple of people reached out about um you know doing this kind of conversation so i sat down i'm like right i need to have a bloody newsletter up and running bradleylejeune.com sign up now and um i went over this um prologue and i properly went but is this the kind of sci-fi book where people say fuck and i um don't know because i obviously like you look at um star trek next generation it's very um you know very platonic very um mm. not many people saying fuck um yeah. and you look at arthur c clark or um you know any of that sort of classic sci-fi and yeah. uh you know again you know those kind of uh you know open the pod date doors how i cannot do that dave oh for fuck's sake um yeah, yeah it doesn't happen yeah. and <laughs> I, I spoke to a couple of uh, writer friends about it and they were like, well, you know, what books are you comparing it to? Um, and I thought about it and the stuff I'm re- a lot of the stuff I'm reading, like um, contemporary stuff is things like The Expanse, is stuff like John Scalzi. And it's like, yeah, it's fine to have swearing in a sci-fi novel. It's, uh, you know, yeah, if it's that. Like not everyone needs it, but you know, if some George of them do. Martin can do it in fantasy, why can't everybody else do it in sci-fi? I don't, yeah, you you gotta be careful with that analogy because then people say, but other people <laughs> did a TV show and it ended badly. Who cares? I don't care about yeah. that, man. I, I love those books. Those books are. And awesome. I thought you I were great in the first well. season, by the way. <laughs> this is this is the Jon Snow, isn't it? This is uh, <laughs> that's how he does it. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm sorry to rein it back into your prologue. Um, 
any any uh, any other thoughts on my uh, on my notes for you? I'm gonna give you like official notes, you know, in, in the email. But but I, I would just say that when you sent me your prologue, you were like, um, "This is not a copy edit. I want more broad strokes on what working and what isn't, rather than uh, yeah, yeah spelling mistakes." So uh, yeah, it's like, oh, okay then. But yeah, no, because that's is... what I—that's what I was looking for in yours. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's like little typos and stuff, but you're gonna catch that with a line editor. Like, that's not. Am what, I what, though? What you, well, you should anyway. <laughs> I'll, I'll include them in the, in the notes mm. if, if you, if you want me to. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I was, I was more focused on like your pacing, which mm -hmm. is good, and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, like I said, I think I just want a little more detail on the, on the spaceships. I want to know yeah. what they look like a little more. You know, and um, and um, and I did give you the the one note about your your favorite word. So I guess that is a little mm. bit of a line edit thing. But that's something that, you know, like I'm sure that you found one in mine. I, it's it, it, it's almost impossible to avoid. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't catch it in your own stuff. You 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 catch it later. There are a couple of of sentences where like I I noted down that I suggest a rewrite of the sentence. Not that it it's bad info like the information is fine and all that stuff but like the flow of the sense is kind of like 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 you you kind of hit it a little bit um it's something that i've been noticing in my work a lot like i notice where like it's flowing it's flowing it's flowing and then all of a sudden you hit a sentence where you're like i had to like work to read this sentence and so it's it's a it's a rhythm thing i've i found mm -hmm. so like um when i edit i'll edit with like some some background music going just nothing with lyrics just you know movie scores or mm -hmm. concentration something like that and i'll read it out loud to myself uh and as i'm reading it and i'm listening to the music i tend to find like a rhythm to my my prose and then i'll find where i where the sentence like clashes and stops and, and interrupts my flow and and it's a good way to catch little moments like that so i'll point them out to you in the notes um and you can choose to rewrite them or not but mm -hmm. but they're the ones that i found that like as i was reading i like i like i butted up against them you know but man like this is a cool idea like i i really can't wait to see where you go with this because and and you know mine is set in a sci-fi world, but my story is 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 more of a murder mystery at the end of the day. That mm -hmm. I, you can't really uh, tell by that prologue, but um, but it's a murder mystery at the end of the day. So it's it's a whole different kind of kind of thing. Like you're you're doing straight up like you know epic space sci-fi. There's alien races already like from the jump. Like I'm I'm in, bro. I'm in. One thing that really. Um was like an albatross around my neck is like the opening line um so the opening line is um, can you read the opening line since you got it in front of you uh i'll try <laughs> the the burliner ferns ferns a term ferns a term is that what this motherfucker had loomed over the center of berlin for hundreds of years dominating alexander platz below it yeah that first sentence is a doozy, bro. I don't, I don't so, know. Like, it, I definitely um, clashed into that one. So, um, um, my first draft, <laughs> like, so basically, I wanted to start with, um, like, you open on an iconic building and say that building has been there, uh, you know, beyond living memory. It's impossible yeah. to imagine it not being there. Yeah. Except now it's not there. Yeah. Um, and 
originally, like I say, placeholder names, I called it the, um, I just called it like the Megacore building or something really cheesy. Yeah. And it was one of those things every time I looked at it, it made me flinch. <laughs> and I think on um, Malcolm's pass, he changed so you so you made a hard left in the opposite direction. Um, yeah. So and then I think in Malcolm's first pass, he called it like the Rainbow Core Building, and I'm just like, mm. um, and then I stopped for two minutes to think about it. I'm just like, okay, why don't we actually look at um, Berlin landmarks? Um, and um, in East Berlin, you've got the TV Tower. Um, which is more usually just called the, um, you know, the Berlin TV Tower. But mm. when, as you, as, as you pointed out, one doesn't want to use the same wording too frequently. So yeah. we open with its given name um, because <laughs> we hate our future audiobook narrator. <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> like he's got his work cut out for him. Page one, line one. What? <laughs> but it's like you... Um, you know, you've seen the scene a thousand times, and like, and you know, originally it was just going to be New York because it's always New York. Um, and I like that it was, it's not. I like. Yeah, that it's yeah. Not. It's like, and also, I mean, on an allegorical level, what happens to Earth in the series is kind of, uh, you know, influenced by what happens to Germany in the 20th century. Ooh, that sounds exciting. I want to buy his books. Um, so, yeah, just trying to. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. So, um, you know, just try and uh, put a different spin on it and, um, you know, try and uh, put the familiar in unfamiliar settings. And um, yeah. and I showed it to my German mate and he said, oh, yeah, it reads very much like the London Bridge was in London. <laughs> You know, the London Bridge was in London. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> All right, man. So, um, as as far as the show, I, I think that's that's uh, the the notes that I have for you. Um, I'll I'll send you uh, an actual like an actual write up of stuff. So, what about you, man? What did you have for me? Um. Apologies for how long it is, by the way. I know it's like the longest <laughs> prologue ever written. Yeah, I was like, uh, oh yeah, prologue. Yeah, yeah, I'll get this uh, ready. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's um, a doozy. <laughs> it's a short story. It's a novella. <laughs> there was a line I really liked, uh, which was about uh, the image of Earth's moon uh, being something outside of any of the characters uh, frame of reference but mm. it, it was so iconic that they all just referenced it uh, recognized it and I just yeah. thought that was a really cool bit of world building yeah it's like this uh, collective consciousness mm. kind of thing right where we all just kind of know yeah um, but I think my main takeaway from it as like a prologue is um I think you could do more to reinforce the genre and mm. the settings. Like you kind of, you know, we're obviously off somewhere else in the future, mm -hmm. but the scene could take place, you know, half an hour ago in any inner city. Yeah, I, well, um, and yeah. I, I, I think that's what you're going for, um, mm. and like 
that can totally work, but um, I, for me, I'd like a better sense of, you know, where we are and when we are and why we are. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you sort of spread that out through the book as a whole. Yes. Yes. Um, but, um, you know, it's probably just, but like my approach to these things is just, I mean, have you considered having a vast spaceship come and shoot shit? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I get I, I get that the that the sci-fi genre needs to that you, you I, I, I get I get the note that you're giving. At the same time though, number one, yes, it is spread out a, a lot more throughout the uh, the, the book. Um, <laughs> me orienting you in in where we are in in our date and time is kind of part of the plot because um, are you doing the planet of the apes thing no it's 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 more about like we we all know what happened but what really happened Mm -hmm. and we all know when it happened that long ago but how long ago was it really and Mm -hmm. so like there's there's this sort of like um, unfolding of the history of the world that happens throughout the plot kind of naturally. However, it's it's a sci-fi setting, but it's also a fantasy. I have I have magic elements that will will be introduced slowly throughout mm-hmm. the, the book as well. Um, it's a murder mystery, so I also didn't want to turn up the sci-fi to 11. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want that to be the focus. I want the, yeah. the murder mystery to be the focus. I want the sci-fi stuff to be sort of dressing. Am I right um, in thinking you've said that you were quite influenced by uh, Brian K. Vaughan? Um, I have not said that. No, um, I'm, I am not actually uh, very well versed in a lot of Brian K. Vaughan. I'm actually my sci-fi uh, reading is usually more like Michael Crichton stuff. Right. Um which which is to say that I really love I, I really love when sci-fi is is a little more subtle. Um, I I love big space operas. Mm-hmm. I'm technically writing one. It will get more space opery as it goes along in the series. Uh, by the third book, we're gonna have intergalactic wars and shit. It's gonna be nuts. Hooray! But we're gonna get there. We get <laughs> we get there slowly. The the thing though is that um, the the, the sci-fi that I love to read the most is is very kind of, um, I don't know, I, other than subtle, I can't think of another word to describe it, just a little more toned down, where it's like, it's mostly a world that you feel uh, familiar with, but there's just something a little off about it, there's something a little different, there's something, you know, a little more sci-fi. Because I kind of got uh, saga vibes from this. I'm a huge saga fan, so that's yeah, yeah. that's a huge one month to go, baby. Oh my god, I love that! I love that freaking book. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, saga. Uh, I don't know if that's a conscious, uh, uh, you know, influence, but it's definitely an influence. Yeah, for sure. What about? It's really um, difficult when you're first sort of um, planning out a new sci-fi universe, mm. and you're kind of like. Well, what hasn't uh, been done? <laughs> I, 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 I want it to be a bit more technologically advanced than Battlestar Galactica, but probably not as advanced as Star Trek The Next Generation. But mm. uh, 
and like stuff like um you know someone fires a laser what do you call it because it's like anything you've heard in another thing is probably not a phrase you can use and uh there's a couple of instances in the current draft where characters call it a laser and it's like yeah that doesn't sit right either yeah but it's yeah. like you don't want to come up with a whole new terminology but you kind of need to yeah it's 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 a tightrope walk for sure um i've i've run into the same thing um you know in in the in the first chapter the one after the prologue we meet uh one of our our main point of view characters and uh, she's a detective, the detective working the case. And you start getting more into the technology and, and the kind of stuff that, it's, that, that she has access to and, and what it's used for. And one thing that I wanted to do with my, with, with my kind of sci-fi world is that um, I, I changed up like who your, your partners are in, in things. So like instead of a detective being a partner with another detective, and you know they're working a crime scene and they call for forensics and forensics comes down and you know or, or if it's a cyber crime then they have to liaison with someone instead the the uh the detective is like a one-man show where like the technology at his disposal basically makes him a walking forensics lab uh and his partner is the cyber guy the the, mm -hmm. the I, he's it you know he's he's the guy in the chair and so you have a buddy cop kind of setup, but it's not two cops. It's a cop and a scientist. And, and, and it gives it kind of a, a different flavor there. But anyway, that's- Did you like uh, Altered Carbon? Did you read that? I didn't read it. I saw the, I saw the, the series. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really enjoyed the first season. I couldn't finish the second season. I was not into it. Um, but I, I intend to read those books very soon. As soon as I have time, I gotta be honest. I read the first one; it bored me to tears. Did it? I hear mixed reviews. Some people yeah. really love it. Some people say it's kind of a slog. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, Dune is is incredibly successful in it. It takes like nine years to read. See, three. things can work if they're boring. <laughs> it's not. That, it's not that it's boring. It's just no, challenging. no. It really is. They're, I've read that book. book. <laughs> Yeah, boring. I, I, yeah. I really liked the new film, though. That was a very pleasant surprise. So good. I liked it yeah. a lot. Yeah, I was into it a lot. For sure. Um, any other notes for me? Uh, no, I really like the characters. The characters are really well. Um, like, you really... you They're the kind of people you've seen before, not necessarily in sci-fi, but sure. you immediately know where you are and what's going on, even if you don't know where you are and what's going on mm. um it was a very like very easy uh shoe to slip into um nice. you know you kind of know what bella's experiencing and uh kind of what you know what's going on there and like i i do like um if done right i do like a bit of magic with my sci-fi um you know it's um it's like it it feels like a like i like that here's a world you're just thrown into it keep up um yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but also i can't keep up tell me more <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, there's there's plenty more. I'm, did I send you all my chapters, or did I only send you the the prologue? I must you have sent, sent you like the first more, act. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I tend to send like the what I consider the first act mm-hmm. of of the novel. So it's the first six chapters, the prologue through chapter five. Um, by the end of chapter five, if you're not on board with my book, then just put it down here. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not on board with my book. Um, <clears throat> but but. Thank, thank you for the, the 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 thoughts on the characters. Um, I I put a lot of I put a lot of thought and time into my characters and their dialogue. And this prologue, you know, Bella and and Mitch are the two dead bodies in chapter one that the detective has oh, okay. to start a case with. That's why the prologue is as long as it is. That's why I take them through as much character development as I do because they're they're dead like that's that's it like they they'll they'll sort of haunt our characters for the rest of the uh for the rest of the book but that's that's their part in our book <clears throat> and so um it's uh, funny on uh like book social media every now and again you'll get people who are just like i hate prologues why are there prologues i don't read them and they're probably watching this just crying. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. If if you don't read them, then why do you have such a huge problem with them? If you're skipping them anyway, then just shut the fuck up about it. No, you know, I love a good about. prologue. I love it when you just I love a good prologue. Just... My book has a prologue and an epilogue. Yeah, I yeah, like, yeah. I like a nice sandwich. You it, know? It, it just sets the uh, tone <laughs> of the book. Um, yeah. Yeah, all my books have, um, well, in this series, they have uh, prologues and epilogues, and I've really enjoyed, like, because, um, like, my earliest writing was uh, short films, and nice. I didn't do uh, anything in prose uh, for years and years because I was scared that someone uh, would, you know, not much like yourself, would come along and just go, <laughs> your sentences. Um, but, not at um, all, man. They're, they're good. They're good. And um, well, now they are. They weren't back then. Yeah, well, but it yeah. turns out if you get people to act it all out and point cameras at them, then uh, you can get away with quite a lot. And mm. one of the weirdest things, like in contrast, is um, you need, you know, especially where it's sort of, uh, you know, where each chapter is from someone's point of view. You need to have a character in the place where the thing happens, or you can't show it. And um, that sort of took a while to get my head around, especially in the scene mm-hmm. in uh, book three where the main character passes out. I still haven't quite figured that one out. Mm. Um, but yeah, the epilogues are also a really fun way to sort of be like, oh, now I can be a new person for a bit. Um, See, I, I can't remember who gave this advice, if it was George Martin or if it was Neil Gaiman. Um, they they tend to give very similar advice sometimes. But the, the, the note was... Um, or the question was posed to them, how do you decide on the point of view character for any given chapter? And the answer was, this was probably George Martin because he writes multiple point of views. Mm-hmm. His, his note was, the character who knows the least about what's going on, that's your point of view character. Mm-hmm. The one who knows the least. Um, and and I've tried to kind of stick with that. You know, being be, the main character being a detective, this person is investigating the mystery but that's the whole point they don't know right like they don't know the answer so you have to go along with them to to get there 
I've run into situations like like the one you're talking about, where a character is unconscious, I mean, you know, a point of view character is unconscious or or incapacitated in some way or whatever. So what I'll do is that's the end of that chapter, and the next chapter is a point of view character is a character in that scene that has no clue what's going on. <laughs> just put just mm -hmm. pick the the character, even if they don't have another point of view chapter in the rest of the book they're the ones to witness this particular event and so you just take them through a nice little arc in that one chapter and even if you never go back into their head again for the rest of the novel at least their one appearance feels complete because you take them through a little arc even in that one chapter but yeah just whoever knows the least about what's going on just jump in their head and, and mm -hmm. keep going yeah i'm out of water <laughs> <laughs> i get so thirsty doing this stuff Oh uh, yeah, I always uh, have uh, like a glass and a mug and a bottle um, because we were doing a flash once and I didn't do that and I only had whiskey and uh, things got out of hand. <laughs> things get out of hand. I'll have to look up that episode and go through it. <laughs> um, we'll have to get you on Flash Aha one of these days. It's, I really uh, want to, but you guys do it on Fridays, right? Yeah. Fridays? Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I always work. I'm always working on Fridays. I, I, I very rarely have that off. So what we would have to do is plan at least two I mean, weeks you ahead. I mean, you had a Friday so off for Colin Clark. That's all I'm yeah, saying. But I, but, I had to, but I had to schedule that like three weeks ahead of time. That's why. <laughs> so like, so let me know of like, I don't know. I guess let's plan ahead for <laughs> like yes. three weeks or something and, and I'll, I'll request it off. And I'll be able to do it because I do want to do it. I love that stuff, man. I, lo I love the uh, the writing Flash live and, and critiquing it and stuff. It's, it's just so much fun. I, and I don't do it otherwise. Like I'm, I'm always working on my novel, so I'm not, I don't always get the chance to like write something new and fresh and different. Look, I, I knew nothing about Flash fiction until I started my own Flash fiction web series, and now I've written several. Yeah. Uh, which people tell me learned by doing <laughs> yeah learn by doing <laughs> have you read uh leviathan wakes no what's that um that one. It is that one <laughs> on the, the first book in the expanse series oh um, no i have not i i it's on my list that, that series is on my list um, um and, and several i've others. just finished the last book is ah. Oh. But the yeah. first book is one of the one of the two point of views is a detective on a uh, station in the asteroid belt investigating a murder. Um, gotcha. Well, a disappearance. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> a disappearance and, that results in a, the, to be a murder. Yeah. Okay. I and <laughs> uh, I, I, tonally, it could be uh, quite up your uh, up your alley. Um, that sounds that sounds right up my alley for sure. I read a brilliant, uh, years and years ago, I read this brilliant sci-fi short story, which was like a neo-noir neo about a um, uh, private eye on an asteroid colony investigating these murders. And it turned out the uh, the murderer was the carpet uh, because they'd been, the import carpet. they'd been importing sentient rugs. <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 can't okay, remember so what the, it was cool or who wrote so it but rug murdered well i yeah. mean dude there, there's just some books like that where it's like like somebody gave me this book i i still <laughs> it it drives me insane that this book exists it's a zombie apocalypse but the zombies are cows nice 
And then it has a sequel called World War Moo. <laughs> I've actually been uh, writing a uh, zombie short story, which I'm sure a psycho swore I'd never do. Mm. Um, I, but I, I, I made the same swear, and I just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to end up writing well. Well, it's like one of the things, like, I mean, I, I was young once, I enjoyed zombie films. Um, I st- but it's I like, still enjoy them. I still why enjoy is it? Uh, as long as I can get someone to hold a pillow up during scary bits, I'm fine. Um, but um, why is it always, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, every man hiding in a shopping centre or a barn, you know? Why, mm. why why, do you never get the West Wing zombie episode? Mm. Like, that would be brilliant. And um, it was an idea I was kicking around about ten years back. And... Um, I was like, well, I'm not going to sit down and write the whole epic because, uh, you know, I'm not writing a zombie novel, damn it. Um, But there might be a short story in it. And uh, I read this book called The Secret State by Peter Hennessy, which was a non-fiction book about um, Britain's uh, nuclear policy from 1945 to 2001. And it is a (laughs) massive uh, tome and it is so dry, but it's just full of these fascinating little tidbits on like where the bunker was. They would have moved the government and, um, you know, how it was immediately out of date. And they're currently trying to sell it off as a wine cellar. And as soon as the Russians had uh, spy satellites, it became single use. Um, because if they did spot you heading there, then it would be on the list next time around. And um, uh, and like, if they thought that the bomb really was going to drop, they were just going to stick the queen on her yacht and wish her luck. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, what else are you going to do? Stick her in a rocket and shoot her into space? Yeah, I mean, that's um, I guess that's all you can do. But yeah, and um, <laughs> and like it goes into some detail on what the plan in the 60s was, like which airbase the helicopters would have taken off from, where they would have refueled to get the Prime Minister out of London. Okay. And um, like, I'm like, that's a cool scene. You know, let's, yeah. let's put that in a short story. And what if we had zombies? And um, that's just kind of like... <laughs> just a sort of one act play kind of thing of the pilot who's uh, there the day that they actually do have to, you know, because you know that there's someone whose job every year, every couple of months is do a practice run of that because that's what they do. And you're the guy who's actually doing it. Um, I just thought that would be a cool little one-off thing it's it's such a it's it's a, a perfect example of the old uh oh let's do that but what if it had zombies like you can yeah. always just go but what if there were zombies <laughs> and it changes the whole story like it's, you know, it, now it, i'm in <laughs> zombies i'm in <laughs> it's funny because my third book actually ends with um the um leader of earth moving to a bunker and i'm just like i'm such a one-trick pony at this point. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like, all about the bunkers. <laughs> oh, I do love a good bunker. Not wrong with a good bunker. 
Uh, blast, blast from the past. I love history and I love <laughs> um, bizarre little facts. And I tend to do reverse research where I just read stuff because I'm fascinated by it. And then can put it in my fiction rather than going. And now let's find out how a hospital works so I can write my medical drama. Yeah, dude, that that's that's the the biggest like hurdle in the beginning for me is all the research sometimes, man. Like, whatever it is that you're writing, you gotta dive into deep, deep research for just just for continuity's sake and and, and basic, you know, uh, accuracy and. Yeah. One of the um, ideas I couldn't get to work in um, the McMurdo Rift was um, I wanted Earth to be essentially post-war Berlin. And like I'll talk to Malcolm, I'll just start talking about um, you know the American Revolution or um, the Berlin airdrop. And he's just like, wait, wait, wait. Uh, it's like that bit in Galaxy's Quest. Explain to him like you would a child. Yeah. Um, uh Denzel Washington plays a lawyer in the movie Philadelphia, and one of his favorite lines in that movie, he says it like five times, is explain to me like, explain this to me like I was a four-year-old. Explain this to me like I'm a five-year-old. He says it like like over and over throughout the movie, and it's always this this crystallizing moment of, hey man, I'm too dumb to understand this. Can you can you dumb it down for me? <laughs> yeah, I love but, that. Uh- like one of the things that I knew going in is like um, if you look at Deep Space Nine or Babylon 5 or like uh, these big ongoing series they'll often uh, start in their own little corner and establish that and then work out so by the end of it they are going from one you know planet to another but to start with it's let's establish this setting in this world and that was something that i very consciously tried to do uh so we're in an area of space called the mcmurdo rift and we're on a uh cruise liner called the ss olympic and um i realized this idea of like having alien troops on the streets of earth just didn't work because our characters weren't on the streets of earth Hmm. Um, and it was just like it, it was a cool little idea but it just i couldn't couldn't make it work so i ditched it yeah see with with the the world that you you're you're starting to get a glimpse of in in the prologue there is um you know the idea is that the spark is this like moon-sized space station you mm-hmm. know that that orbits around this planet gaia this moonless planet and um <clears throat> and the idea is that you know the the people that evacuated planet earth before it died um and traveled the cosmos like looking for a new home for who knows how long uh a a fraction of them broke off and found their own place to live this moonless planet but instead of moving onto the planet they took their starships and they fused them all together and they created the spark so it's essentially Mm -hmm. this like three-dimensional asterisk that's made up of the last of humanity's survivors you know and and because it's made of from the spaceships and they smoke on it yeah it's insane man (gasps) 
and so it's uh and so all of the buildings all of all of it is made up of what used to be a gigantic spaceship and so like even people's apartments and stuff like yeah they all like seem like mm-hmm. you know homey apartments and stuff now but they used to be like a room on a spaceship you know mm-hmm. why gaia you're gonna have to read because it's like that threw me at first because um it's it's humanity's homage to their home to their yeah the, the home that they left behind um they're calling their new home gaia in honor of ancient earth um but but because um the uh who's the character that they go to see um with Faye. the mushroom Faye, yeah, Faye. Faye is it, one of the three main characters of my story. She's one it, of my it, POVs. It seems like the sort of thing that a character like Faye would say, um, but if it's something that didn't come from, like, like it felt very much in keeping with um, her um, world, which we're visiting from Bella's point of view as outsiders, but it didn't seem to be something that was unfamiliar to her so it was that sort of caught me off guard initially gotcha gotcha the, the name of the planet being gaia you mean like yeah the, yeah the, yeah yeah um yeah well you know it's it's been named that for for several hundred years at this point mm-hmm. so uh you know bella's origins just they don't really factor into what the, the planet is called she knows the planet to be called that and more than that she she prays to it doesn't she like the yeah she, pray, she prays to it so there's a whole like culture there that that will like unfold to the reader yeah i wasn't sure if it's like are they playing are they praying to the planet are they praying to gaia the earth spirit or um yeah i wasn't sure how much of like old um sort of new age stuff yeah was being literally carried over versus um being part of your world building mm, yeah well, um th- yeah that'll 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 definitely unfold throughout you know yeah, yeah. her uh, bella's family uh, from the farm that that whole like that whole family and their way of life is one of the things that is kind of linked into everything else in the in the plot and so as you mm-hmm. discover things about the mystery of the the killer and everything else you're also discovering you know truths about all the people involved in this thing and and that's one of them is, is diving into like what her religion actually is and where it kind of came from versus what the rest of the spark considers the you know typical religions to be it's, yeah. it's a whole other thing yeah yeah yeah. I'm terrified of broken your format. Not at all, not at all, man. Um, we're actually in the home stretch here, so if you have any any final thoughts on it, um, we can we can actually start wrapping it up. It's like, no, you will definitely um, sit down and check out your own chapters because it does uh, it does sort of leave you wanting to know where it goes. You know, especially what you said so. about you know what happens to Bella in the next chapter. Yeah, I, I, you know, in this edit that, that I gave you, I've cut out the final line of the prologue, which used to read uh, that uh, Mitch and Bella made it home that night, but were never seen alive again. Like, I actually, like, nah, ended put it with back, that, put it with back. That line. You think so? I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, 
or maybe not uh, those I, words, but saying. Well, oh, I got, yeah, I'm, I'm paraphrasing that it's it wasn't worded exactly like that, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But I, I did get good notes about that closing mm-hmm. line because it, it it was such a sucker punch to people where like, wait a minute, they're dead. But I I go ahead and, and read the first chapter mm-hmm. and let me know how it sits with you right now versus having that line because the the point of me taking out the line was that when the detective walks into a crime scene and sees the two people on the floor and starts describing them to the reader the reader slowly realizes who they're looking at Mm. even if the the uh the detective doesn't know yet so that's that's what i'm trying to do by deleting that line so just let me know how it sits with you once you read the the next chapters and and, uh but yeah within the the next uh five chapters you get introductions to my three uh main characters um migdalia lear and Faye, and then uh and then by the fifth uh chapter you're you're full-fledged in with the mystery and you know what we're hunting Mm -hmm. and and what we're dealing with it's gonna be fun yeah malcolm my co-writer is so good at um like cliffhangers at the end of chapters and like i'll get drafts back and i'll be like i need to know what happens next and he'll be like you wrote it you know what happens next. I'm like, show me anyway yeah yeah i it's it's <laughs> i i love a good cliffhanger man in in uh in my chapter four um uh, you know uh, the entire chapter has been leading up to finding out what is on this uh, this memory drive and and you know they have to like unlock it and all this kind of stuff and so but at at the very end of the chapter the file is unlocked it's a video file everybody's huddled around and you know the detective says play it and that's where i that's where i end it like, <laughs> i just i want you know we've we've been building all the way up to this but you gotta wait one like <laughs> we gotta wait one more page <laughs> turn the page how, again how long is the um the book um, the, most of the, the chapters are much shorter than the prologue that you read. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prologue is about 8,000 words. Most of my chapters are around 5,000 or less, mm-hmm. um, 3,000 on, on some of them, but I've got a good 30 or so chapters. So in the end, my first draft came out to be about 110, 120,000. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, I think the final draft will probably be closer to 150 or, or maybe even 170. Um, it's a it's a big boy. It's a big book. You a pantser or a plotter? I am a plotter. I, I'm a. I like to say I'm a gardener. Uh, <laughs> garden, gardener versus architect. So you know the 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 plotters as we think of them are what I consider architects who plan everything out and know everything they're going to write. And I do do a lot of uh, outlining mm-hmm. and everything. But when I sit down to write my chapters, I I, I allow for the pantser in me to to go places. Yeah, and, yeah. If it goes to somewhere good, then it, I go back to my outline and I adjust so that I can continue my story without, you know, gumming up the works. Usually um, my chapters are around three to four thousand words and yeah. I'll have like a sentence for each chapter in my outline. And then when I go to uh, write each, um, well, I'll have like three sentences um, for the outline. And when I go to write that scene, I'll take that sentence and break it down into three or four more sentences i do that too with like a bit more detail so i can um you know sort of like so i've got a bit of wiggle room and it's like sort of outline like sort of forming the books as i go feels much more pantsing until Mm. i actually you know get to it is a lot of what i 
assumed to be plotted actually ends up being changed quite late in the day and some of the things that um, you know I sort of am thinking I'm making up at the spot I realise that I've you know led up to much more obviously than I consciously realised I set up my chapters in a very similar way when you know when I start a new chapter I go to my outline what am I writing in this chapter I will summarize my outline for that chapter into one very very important sentence that tells everything in this one sentence and then I'll break that up into a five sentence paragraph and I'll break that up into a 25 sentence mm -hmm. you know, collection of paragraphs and I just keep you know snowflaking it out from the beginning so that it, it always maintains that core idea um, and then at a certain point, I, I'm just writing. Like, I stop doing mm -hmm. the whole uh, snowflake thing and I just go. Like, I, I have spreadsheets. Yeah, I don't I'm do spreadsheets. I fucking hate spreadsheets. Spreadsheets love you. I fucking hate spreadsheets. I can't, they're just so tedious. I find them so tedious. I'm like, why can't I just, like, write? I just want to write. I'm like, no, it's like a spreadsheet. Yeah, I sat down, like, um, when I did book two and I outlined book two and three back to back and put a spreadsheet together of like what the, uh, you know, what the overview of the books are going to look like and mm. how many chapters they're going to be and how many scenes in each chapter. And it's not a hard and fast rule and it can change, but to have a place to start, you know, it's really yeah. useful. Yeah. See, I, I outline on, on index cards, and now that I use uh, Dabble Writer, I, my index cards are digital and they're attached to my manuscript. So I, I do all my outlining and writing in the same thing now, and it's just, it's easier. My brother, we have reached our time. It has been an absolute pleasure having you with us. Uh, go ahead and let the people know one more time uh, where they can find your stuff. And, uh, BradleyLejeune.com, sign up for our newsletter, read the prologue. Adrian's just going to give it to you anyway, but, um, you know, run from him and uh, subscribe to the newsletter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read the read the prologue uh, so you guys can, can dive into uh, the critique that we, we went over today. And, uh, man, I look forward to this thing. I, I think it's going to be really good. I, I really, really can't wait to read it. Um, and if you have more chapters to share, please do. I, I won't share them with anybody, I promise. Just this one. <laughs> Um, for everybody I had at home, a mate. Oh, I had yes. a mate. Um, I was uh, a couple of years ago. I was playing about with a uh, writing a comic series, and uh, I had a friend who just made a film based on a comic, and I sent him like the first, uh, you know, draft like horrible, you know, bashed keys, typos everywhere. Uh, you know, it's the first thing out of my head. Hey, what do you think of this? And he was just like. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. I sent it to the writer of that comic, that, and uh, yeah, he didn't think it looked very professional. <laughs> it was like, you did what? It's like, thanks for your help, buddy. <laughs> thanks for sending my first draft. <laughs> Jeez, man. Some people just don't get it. All right, man. Um, for everybody at home, thank you for joining us. Thank you for watching. Uh, Mr. Lejeune, we're, we're going to have you on Livestream Sunday. Um, if you are interested in coming on for season four, uh, fill out my my form. It'll be absolutely, uh, man. It's, a, it's in my link tree. You can get to it through Instagram mm -hmm. uh, because I want to do a more 
straight up interview kind of dealing with you um but this was a lot of fun thank you very much for the notes on my on my prologue i really appreciate it i hope that uh, that i wasn't too harsh <laughs> on yours i i really did like it and um and yeah man uh for everybody else i will see you on sunday for chronicles a brand new episode of chronicles i believe we're doing another author tube uh tag uh, so see you sunday all right y'all thank you very much Right on writers, we're out.